WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Always live on the free Odyssey app. From the Sherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Live and local from Philadelphia. Free speech lives here. Here. It's Kale and Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And away we go, live on this Monday, October 16th. It is indeed Kale and Company right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Always live on the free Odyssey app. And, of course, streaming live for your video viewing pleasure on YouTube. As we head until 10 o'clock this morning, 855-839-1210, the phone number on Twitter and Instagram, the radio station at 1210WPHT. I am at Nick Kale, K-A-Y-A-L. Dawn Stenslin with the news, Greg Stocker, the chairman of the board, Natasha Anthony here this morning, as we have a lot to get to on a Monday. Dawn, how was your weekend? Good morning. Good morning. Can't wait to hear about Sailor Twift. <laughs> Yeah, we'll get and your to that. Friday night. Yeah, we will get to that for sure. It's going to be more uh, enlightening and entertaining than a Eagles game was yesterday, Gregory. You are a lush, I can tell by looking at you. Oh. <laughs> All right. Was that was that planned or was that a misfire? Uh, no, I just hit it. Oh, okay. <laughs> just Greg Soccer just hit the button. Frank Rizzo, right out of the gate. That's right. Bright and early. <laughs> yeah. How you doing, buddy? Uh, you know, it's Monday. Monday. Eagles lost. Uh huh. But the Phillies. Tonight. That's right. That's right. You know, when your 5-0 football team loses a game, you come back with your potentially world championship baseball team. Well, here's the thing. Did anybody really expect them to go undefeated this season? I was arguing with people all day on Twitter about that yesterday. Jalen Hurts is a bum all of a sudden. The Eagles have flaws. Oh, my God. Like, the last team to do was the 72 Dolphins. There's a reason it doesn't happen often. It's not college football. (laughs) Exactly. You know? But, yeah. you know, that's a different battle for a different station. Yep. I'll let those guys fight that all day. we got our own battles to worry about. Uh, Joe Biden battling with the steps once again <laughs> in Philadelphia. The war to end all wars. <laughs> Biden and stairs. Yeah. We will get to that as that will be a part of our big take this morning. Uh, also, Joe has a Pennsylvania problem. And more fallout, more reaction. Who's speaking, what they're saying, and who's not speaking when it comes to Israel and Hamas and the latest uh, over the last, eh, we'll call it 72 hours or so. Loaded cut sheet and a lot of good stuff along the way. But before we get to all of that, let's get to the news. Let's get right down to business. 6.05 on this Monday morning. For that, we give you the great Dawn Stenzel. And good morning. We are sponsored this Monday morning, October the 16th, sponsored by Holland Floor Covering. So let's talk to you about where we left you off on Friday. We had talked about the fatal shooting of two of one Philadelphia police officer, the total uh, shooting involving two officers. There's new information this morning that police have discovered a car connected to that fatal shooting of the Philadelphia officers. And that, of course, happened inside a parking garage at Philadelphia International Airport. There are also a lot of questions about security at the airport. So we have this new information this morning. regarding the shooting that, yes, left one Philadelphia police officer dead, another injured. So there was a black Dodge Charger that was found in Philadelphia's Kensington neighborhood, and now investigators are saying they believe that that Dodge Charger is connected to the shootings, excuse me, involved in the shoot, may lead them to the suspects involved to the incident in this shooting. So, of course, sorry. 
Oh, boy. Sorry, my voice. I'm getting home. Um, the shooting took place inside the parking garage, Philadelphia International Airport, if you're just joining us. And that happened very late Thursday night and then overnight into Friday. So we were learning about this, waking up to this Friday morning. We now know more information that officers Richard Mendez and Raul Ortiz were shot while investigating that vehicle break-in. And we've heard a lot about the break-ins at Philadelphia International Airport of vehicles, especially those rental vehicles. So at this point, the reward for information leading to an arrest stands at $225,000. So many people have been able to, in fact, donate to this. And I know we heard John uh, John McNesby, a friend to us, uh, FOP Lodge 5, saying that they were even asking for donations and so it has, it, it is, it continues to grow. And I can tell you that this tip line is real and that anybody who calls this and leads to information that leads authorities to catch these guys, these, these gunmen and especially the killer of an officer, uh, you get that money and you get it in cash. So this is a real reward, quarter million dollar reward. And it's important that we put this out here because they want to catch these killers. Um, so we know that, um, Mr. Officer Mendez, who was 50, he, he also has a son who's 22 years old who's on the force. That's awful. So this is a family of law enforcement oh, yes, officers. Absolutely. So let's get to other news of the day. And we talk about predators online, especially in gaming all the time. This is, uh, the story of a 27 year old man from Bear, Delaware, charged now with kidnapping an 11 year old girl. Police say he met through a popular gaming platform. And within this, they're putting out warnings once again, saying your kids, you think your kids are fine. You think they're safe. They're online with other kids. But a lot of times this is where creepy predators and pedophiles go to um, to prey upon children. And then police in Wayne, New Jersey, called. they were called for the report of a missing child. They determined this 27-year-old, they say, Darius Maitlewicz, met the victim while playing Roblox, and then kidnapped her 135 miles from Wayne, New Jersey, to Bear, Delaware, of course, without her parents' knowledge. And they say that they have found the girl, but now the suspect is in a jail, is in jail, facing up to 30 years in prison if convicted. Roblox, by the way, if you're not familiar with this platform. uh, I am. My daughters play it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, that's just it. 54 million users every single day, and nearly half of them are under the age of 13. And so this raises the question, and and they're putting out the warning here, that these predators are real. I mean, this guy figured out, got obviously got this girl to say where she lived, kidnaps her, and a, a very scary situation. Yeah. You know, she's now been returned to her family, but... It, it just really illustrates what can go wrong. Yeah, my daughter's nine years old. They play that game all. The- it took me actually two years to figure out how to actually pronounce it. I thought it was road blocks, but it's <laughs> Roblox, like R O, and then I think B L O X. Yes, so it's a real thing for sure. Yeah, so you know, it's it's they're they're using this as well. I mean, I'm telling it as a news story, but a lot of authorities, parents groups, advocacy, advocacy groups are just saying. Please um, sit and play with your kids. Know who they're talking to. Philadelphia-based Rite Aid pharmacy stores filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. And this bankruptcy process will help Rite Aid reduce more than $3 billion in debt. 
and it will unfortunately accelerate store closures. So we're going to see more and more Rite Aid stores in our area, as well as across the country, shutting down with this Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection being filed just yesterday. And it's really a, a casualty, I think, of the truth is they've been fighting those opi- opioid lawsuits. In other words, the pharmaceuticals, as we know, as we well know, not just big pharma, but the pharmaceuticals were held liable for filling the prescriptions that ultimately within the opioid crisis turned deadly. And so now we see this as CVS, Walgreens, you know, other, even Target, Costco, uh, even others, but especially CVS, Walgreens, Rite Aid facing these kinds of financial troubles. So we just wanted to um, alert you to that. Your local Rite Aid may be closing down. All right. Usually sports brings us all good news, so we'll get to the fills in the forecast in just a second. But I will say, Philadelphia Eagles, that third and that that final interception, we'll go to the highlights. Uh, this is just depressing with our Philadelphia Eagles. We were undefeated, <clears throat> twenty fourteen loss. Have we ever even lost to the Jets like well, ever? They, no. I think that's the first time. Yeah. Oh my! But they only play them every four years. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. It's not a team that they're. They're, you know, they see a lot. Right. So. And that stadium is also a house of horrors for this team for some reason. I don't know what it is yeah. with that with that venue. I hate that. If you've ever been there, too, it's just cold. It's damp. It's gray. It's windy. That whole stadium stinks. Anthony Dorenzo was at the game. Oh, he was? Yeah. In the, oh, really? Yeah. At the Jets game? Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's, uh, let's listen to some lowlights here. So uh, Eagles struggling on offense. All the entire game, as we know. However, we can usually rely on our kicker, Jake Elliott. But even Jake had an off day. He's not kicking as well. Let's uh, listen to cut one, thanks to WIP. Out of the hold by man. Spotted. Kicked. Up. And it is no good. He knew it when he hit it. The hitter always knows. When he hit it, he just dropped his head. He, was, he knew right away. It just yeah. wasn't a great all, all the twi- all the Eagle fans come to his defense on Twitter. I rip him for missing a kick. He's like, he almost never misses. I'm like, dude, you have one job. <laughs> one job. Make kicks. Yeah, it was not a good day at the office yesterday for the Eagles. No. So the Jets appearing on their way to falling to 0-13 and in their history against the Eagles, but Hurts, our own Jalen Hurts, third interception of the game and the fourth turnover by Philadelphia um, let, let's let's go to another low light here. So Hertz had the chance to run down the field one last little bitty time following the Jets touchdown late in the fourth, and this is when I started screaming because everybody had left me in the living room, <laughs> which is from now on bad luck. And so I'm like, going, hey, I sounded like I sounded like one of the announcers, like, hey, intercepted, hey, I was going crazy. This was picked off. By Jet Safety, Tony Adams, and it just, psh, that ended it. Listen. Can he pull it off right here? He takes the snap. He's looking. Steps up. Fires. It's intercepted! It's intercepted! The Jets have the ball. I'm running across the five. It's Adams. There's the game. That's the one thing they couldn't do. And then they let him score there. Yes, they did. But here's the thing. I saw a lot of people were critical of, oh, he's not having the, the year he had last year. He threw three interceptions. The guy's a winner. All right. Oh, he is. I mean, he was 26 and 2 at Alabama, 12 and 2 at Oklahoma, and he's now 29 and 11 with the Eagles. 
He's won 73% of his starts. <laughs> That's better than Tom Brady. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> Yeah, prisoner of the moment. People just kill me. He's the he's the best quarterback in the NFL, bar none. He's a winner. Yeah, he's, he's what he's won what twenty three of his last twenty five games. Yep, pretty hard to do. It is. There was some brotherly love there with uh, younger brother Travis Kelsey in attendance. Eagle Center. Jason Kelsey set the franchise record by making his one hundred forty fifth consecutive. Start. It's nice for, uh, for Travis to show up. He, Without Taylor. At, well, he made an appearance on SNL on Saturday oh. night. Yes. So. Did you guys see yeah. this? Yeah. Okay. So it was good. I it was pretty not. funny. Was yeah. it? Sure. But he didn't bring Taylor with him to uh, the Jets game. No. Good. I didn't even. I don't think Fox even cut to him once. Did you guys see him on TV no. yesterday? No. no. Yeah. See, he's irrelevant without her. <laughs> see, okay? if she had been there, yeah. you know, they would have been all over all it. over it. Okay. Which is why he probably was like, "That's nah, it's all about my brother." Yeah. yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, Eagles host the Miami Dolphins next Sunday night. And the cool thing is, you know, we're home and we're going to start winning again. It was just this one mulligan, even though right now we start getting tough in the series. Yeah, I was just going to say, now they start playing the good teams. Yeah. Like, eek, but You're here's... supposed to finish off the mm-hmm. lowly New York Jets. <laughs> yeah, but, when yeah. they win next Sunday night, they'll be, we're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> we're going streaking. But we're going to have the, the like old school Randall Cunningham back to the Kelly Green yeah. Yeah, baby. Uh, uniform. That'll be Sunday. The so link that, is going to be lit oh my on God. Sunday night. It's, it's going to be crazy. crazy. Especially after last Another night. late night. Can, can we stop? I, like, know. I, I like know. the 425 games. Yes. That game was over at 730, 745 <laughs> last night. It's the best. I like one o'clock games personally. <laughs> <laughs> then my day's over at four. Well, we are sponsored by Holland Floor Covering, the region's premier flooring dealer, family operated for more than 50 years, providing exceptional service, professional installation. Visit their two showrooms, Wayne and Newtown. No charge samples, no obligation estimates. Learn more, hollandfloor.com. Real quick here, I'll talk about our Phillies hosting the Diamondbacks, NLCS Game 1. We take on Arizona tonight. And the gates open 5.37 p.m., first pitch, 8.07 p.m. Mm-hmm. So I'll just point out to you that in the NBC10 first alert forecast, we're much we're much cooler than normal today. So even though we, we barely are reaching 60 and with the breeze, it won't even feel like that. By 8.07 p.m. with the breeze, you want to wear a nice jacket because it's going to be chilly in the 50s. So just a heads up for those lucky game go i'm sure anthony Gerenzo is like in the box with champagne yeah yeah he's already he's always he's already, him and dan will be down there today right? they'll be doing call-ins to <laughs> zioli so okay he so has the, he has the best gig in radio honestly <laughs> he does yeah so a huge phillies fan i ends up with better seats than taylor swift <laughs> i know right it's unreal no you know what's gonna happen we're gonna be we're gonna be watching game one tonight and there will be anthony Gerenzo. Who who will be up there with Taylor, uh, Sailor Twift in the in the box? You know what I mean? Like Anthony, you're like having a beer with Taylor. Yep, <laughs> got a nice little ring to it. Taylor Dorenzo, doesn't it? <laughs> Taylor Dorenzo. So crush then Mary will get jealous. Then yep. Mary's going to throw Taylor over the balcony. Good. We all kinds of trauma. All right, is that it? That's it. So. Kill uh, Company. What? Did you do Holland Floor Cover? I did okay. Holland. Okay, good. Thank I you. did. I thank you. No, just Holland. Sure. Okay, good. All right, six fifteen Monday morning as we kick off another week with another big take. The Big Take on Kale & Company. All right, The Big Take this morning, Biden's Philly flop. It's a good thing Joe Biden doesn't attempt to run the steps like Sylvester Stallone did in the movie Rocky. Heck, one step is enough to trip up Joe. 
going up a step or going down a step, trying to read a teleprompter or trying to ride a bike. Biden is always taking a spill. President Biden tripped on several steps Friday while making his way to a podium during his visit to Philadelphia, where he was in town to tout his economic agenda. The president was waving at supporters when he walked up to the stage to claim the stairs and suddenly tripped. He appeared to stumble twice before even making it to the podium. Listen and watch as Joe embarrasses himself once again in Philadelphia. Hello, Joe. Perhaps it was the tush push that got him, or maybe it was the brotherly shove. During his speech, he announced the building of a hydrogen hub as part of his clean energy initiative. But have no fear, Philly. Despite World War III on the precipice of happening, we always have the Eagles and the Phillies. Right, Joe? Listen and watch. Yo! Between the Phillies and Eagles, man, it's a good year, man. This is a good year. We're going to win the series and the NFL. Look, and if I didn't say that, Bobby Brady would be up in the stage here with me. Yeah, we don't know who Bobby Brady is, but yeah, it's a good year, Joe. As Joe keeps on coming to Philadelphia and Joe keeps on failing America. But once Joe got done fumbling and bumbling and stumbling, he spoke about the atrocities in Israel and compared Hamas to Al-Qaeda. Take a listen and watch this. I also want to say a word about the situation in Israel. The more we learned about the attack the more horrifying it becomes. More than 1,000, 1,000 innocent lives lost, including at least 27 Americans. These guys make, uh, they, they make Al-Qaeda look pure. They're pure, they're pure evil. But I said from the beginning, the United States, make no mistake about it, stands with Israel. Joe would go on to say, quote, this morning I spoke with the family members of all those Americans who are still unaccounted for on a Zoom call for about an hour and 10 to an hour and 15 minutes, end quote. It's good to see that our virtual president is carving out some time for those American families. And speaking of American families and America last, the latest Fox News poll shows that 72% of Americans are dissatisfied with the direction of the country. When you look at it, the Biden administration has failed. Identity politics has failed. Diversity, equity, and inclusion has failed. Social justice has failed. And wokeness has failed. How and why do we know? Well, because nearly three-quarters of American voters are unhappy with how things are going in the country today, including, which is a very interesting caveat here, including half of Democrats, according to this latest Fox News survey. Overall, 72% of voters are dissatisfied. That number has only been higher five times, and two of those were in the last year and a half. A record 79% were dissatisfied in 2009 when the question was first asked on a Fox survey, while it hit 75% just last summer in August of 2022. Current dissatisfaction is up almost 20 points since the early days of President Joe Biden's administration when 53% felt that way in April of 2021. That grim view isn't only held by Biden's partisan detractors, But 49% of Democrats are dissatisfied, up 29 points since the start of his presidency. Amongst independents, 83% are unhappy, up 18 points. And overwhelmingly, 92% majority of Republicans are dissatisfied. That is also up 8 points. But how bad is it for Joe? It's actually so bad that a pro-Biden writer for the New York Times 
wrote a column shredding the president over, quote, failing his dogs after a slew of biting issues at the White House. New York Times opinion writer Frank Bruni criticized President Biden this week for how he's handled his dog, saying he failed the canine who has nearly a dozen reported biting incidents in the White House. In this piece, Bruni sympathized with Biden over having a busy job and not being able to spend enough time with the dog, but declared that Biden had fallen short as an owner. The author, who describes himself as, quote, a fierce dog lover, as you will find, said he struggles with how President Biden and his family handled their German shepherd commander, who should have been a bomb to a man with such grueling business. Bruni detailed the various biting incidents, which were uncovered by conservative watchdog records requests. Commander has since been removed to an undisclosed location. First Lady Jill Biden's office announced last week, did it have to come to this? Bruni lamented before theorizing what he believed the problem with the dog was. The trouble, I suspect, was a star-crossed pairing. A man who really needed a dog at this stressful juncture of his life and a dog who really needed circumstances less stressful than those that the man provided, end quote. Okay, so I've had my pound of flesh with the Biden's failures. Wait, there's more? Yeah, there actually is. Headline, funds in focus. As if this administration hasn't bungled enough things financially, the Biden administration apparently sent $34 million from the American Rescue Plan, which is a spending bill to combat COVID, to a Palestinian relief organization that has been linked to and referred to as effectively a branch of Hamas. The American Rescue Plan, a COVID-19 bill, pushed through Congress with unanimous Democrat support in the Senate and almost unanimous in the House, allocated $33.7 million to the United Nations Relief and Works Agency through the State Department's Migration and Refugee Assistance Program, according to data from USAspending.gov as part of the $500 million that was included in the bill for the State Department to fund migration and refugee assistance. UNRWA, for short has faced intense scrutiny in recent years from critics who say the group has not done enough to prevent aid from reaching the hands of Hamas terrorists. UNRWA locations have reportedly housed Hamas activities and spread their propaganda in schools. Well done, Joe. Well done. Joe Biden is a disaster here in Philadelphia, nationally for this country, and globally. And if the Republican Party loses to this man again, America's done. But then again, as Joe would say, the Phillies and the Eagles, man, it's been a great year, hasn't it? And that's the big take. The big take on Kale and Company. All right, big take this morning. If you want to jump in, 855-839-1210, the phone number on Twitter and Instagram at 1210WPHD. Or, of course, you can be a part of the Kale and Company comment community on YouTube. Just go to YouTube.com slash at 1210WPHD. Hit the like and subscribe buttons. We'll come back, get some thoughts and reaction to Joe's Philadelphia Friday, and then we'll get into the latest with Israel and Hamas, including a very interesting perspective uh, when we talk about precedent. Why is Israel acting the way that they are? Well, it actually goes back to 2006 for a very small incident. So it's going to be big, and it's going to be around for a while. We'll tell you why. We'll give you the details as we continue. Kale and Company, live here on a Monday morning, here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. It's Kale and Company On Demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the free Odyssey app. Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, the segment brought to you by United Tire. We love our Philly sports teams just as much as they love us cheering them on. Same goes for the great team over at United Tire. The owners make customer satisfaction their priority, working with you to get you back on the road faster. So when it comes to car service, trust 
United Tire, 855-839-1210. That's how you climb in here on this Monday morning as Joe was rambling and bumbling and mumbling his way through another debacle on Friday, uh, which is kind of interesting because we're going to get to this story in a moment about how Joe Biden could very well have a Pennsylvania problem, which is fascinating when you think about it because he's been here how many times in the last three years or so? I think it's 12, 13, 14. I'm losing track. It feels like Joe's here every couple of months for you know, personal or professional uh, stuff and situations from graduations to, you know, campaign rallies to trying to tout his economic agenda. Um, I'm not sure if you weighed in on this on Friday, Dawn, or if this was after you got off the air, but just watching him again, tripping and falling. And then, you know, he loves to placate to the, the, the home crowd. And of course, there's the Eagles and Phillies reference. And then he mentions Bob Brady. And he's always kind of just kind of, it's almost like he wants to de-arm everybody. Um, and almost have everybody kind of in a good jovial spirit before he actually spews his his tired talking points and his <laughs> lies. But I'm telling you, and we just talked about this a couple of weeks ago, the administration had said during this ramp-up effort for his re-election bid, they were going to shorten the stairs, he was going to wear tennis shoes. Don, in that 12-second clip I played, he fell, he fell two or three times uh. almost before he actually got to the podium. But I think that's why, you know, you're teasing about Bobby Brady. You're exactly right that he needs good, his his BFF, Bobby Brady, you know, who's the boss, who's the man. If you want something done in this town, Bobby Brady is the one. Bob Brady, the uh, longtime congressman here, but the party boss and and the man behind the scenes who gets out the vote in Philadelphia, in all seriousness, you know, Biden knows that he needs these individuals to, to rally everybody and get the vote out because what, what would be disastrous would be a low voter turnout. Mm-hmm. Let's say if, if Philadelphia is not excited about, you know, is not, you know, Philadelphia voters not excited about the upcoming election and not getting that vote out for the D's, uh, that would be devastating for Biden. And we know that Philadelphia delivered, you know, and has delivered for, especially for Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. And remember Trump saying, you know, bad things happen in Philadelphia. That's a Republican's perspective. But the truth is that Pennsylvania, and I know you're going to talk more about this, but I mean, Pennsylvania is, you have to win Pennsylvania or or you're tough. Mm-hmm. It's a tough road to the White House if you don't win Pennsylvania. But Philadelphia is critical. So that's, I mean, that's why I think he's just saying to all these individuals, he needs them. Yeah. He needs that scaffolding, if you will, to, mm-hmm. to prop him up because yeah. I, I don't, I don't even, I can, I, I, I'm, a, I'm amazed they haven't come out at this point, the Democrats mm-hmm. and coming up with a contingency plan. I, I'm amazed at it. Well, maybe they have one behind, behind closed doors. Yeah, they'll they meet just... here in Philadelphia again, like right. they always do, right? Right, right. And they get it together. So, uh, according to CBS News, it was Joe Biden's 15th trip to Philadelphia since he's taken office. Uh, but here's the problem for Joe Biden in Pennsylvania. Quote, it looks better and better for Donald Trump here. Jim Schultz, former White House counsel for former President Donald Trump, said, but quote, there's a lot of game to be played between now and then. A Quinnipiac poll released last week shows Joe Biden is now narrowly trailing Donald Trump in a hypothetical matchup in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. The same poll found Biden's favorability rating amongst Pennsylvanians currently sits at just 39%. So according to uh, the favor Favorability in Pennsylvania of this Quinnipiac poll, Trump's favorability is 40 percent. 
Joe Biden is 39%. And then also, you talk about Pennsylvania being a key state. You look at some of the battleground states, and this is a very interesting um, set of data from polling. Of, it was interactive polls on Twitter, IA polls, and they took Arizona, Florida, Georgia, Michigan, North Carolina, and Pennsylvania, and they looked at Trump v. Biden. And this is great news for Trump, terrible news for Biden. In Arizona, Trump has a five-point lead on Biden, 44% to 39%. In Florida, as you would expect, Trump is up. He's leading 44% to 39%. So Arizona, Florida, Trump plus five. In Georgia, Trump is up three points on Joe Biden, 43% to 40 In North Carolina, he leads Joe Biden by 5%, 43 to 38 They are deadlocked at 41% in the state of Michigan, And in Pennsylvania, Joe Biden and Donald Trump at 43% apiece. So you're looking at this right now. And for all of the times that Joe has come to Philadelphia, all the time he spends in Pennsylvania, whether it's Philly, whether it's Scranton, anywhere in between, and of course when he's down at the shore in Delaware, he spends a lot of time in this area, and he is on the struggle bus big time in a state that we have been talking about since the midterms, some people say it's still a battleground state. Some people say it's purple. I, I still agree with Rich. I think I think Pennsylvania has gone blue. But if 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 somehow some way Biden coughs it up in Pennsylvania, this would be massive for Donald Trump. But I say all of that to say again, it's polls. Take it with a grain of salt. But it's starting to look really bad for Joe. Um, whether it's just the aesthetics, it's the appearance, it's the tripping, it's the actual tangible things like the economy. You know, I'm looking at this, and I mentioned this in the, the big take. His, he's now looking at a nation where 72% are not happy with the direction this country has gone. It's only been that high four or five times in the history of this poll with Fox, which goes back 15 years. So I, I don't know where the rep, we always say Dem, Democrats always get to get, get it together and they rally behind a cause and they, they push their guy to the finish line. And we're always saying, and Dawn is always saying, GOP, get it together. I don't know where the rallying point comes from, because if you think about this, um, we're sitting here on October 16th. It's the election's just about a year away. We're a year and three weeks away. I, I, I don't I don't see where the rallying cry comes from. Hey, this do you know how much Joe. can change in a year? Oh, yeah. I mean, literally, did did anybody predict on their bingo card that uh, Israel and, card. and and uh, and and Hamas were going to, you know, stage an all out war? So, no, you never know where. You never know where things are going to go. By the way, I want to play this. Uh, I was going to save it for the country, but I so much I can play it now. Okay. Natasha, if you want to queue up Cut 16, Joe Biden was on uh, 60 Minutes last night uh, being interviewed by Scott Pelley. And he asked him about running for a second term because in, you know, everything that's going on right now is now the best time for you to run. You know, uh, oh boy, what was that? A little was, reverb. That was a reverb there. Uh, is now the best time, you know, for you to run again and he said absolutely cut 16 okay mr president given these two wars and the dysfunction in congress are you sure that you want to run again yes because i'm sure look when i ran i said the world's an inflection point the world's changing but we have an opportunity to make it so imagine if we were able to succeed in getting the Middle East put in place where we have normalization of relations. I think we can do that. 
Imagine what happens if we, in fact, unite all of Europe and Putin is finally put down where he cannot cause the kind of trouble he's been causing. We have enormous opportunities, enormous opportunities to make it a better world. You have enormous problems on your hand, Joe, and whether it's the border, whether it's the crime in this country, Russia, Ukraine, uh, obviously Israel and Hamas. And boy, he sounds he sounds yeah. very deflated there. Like he needs to have a little bit more when you're doing that kind of a, a 60 minute spot. You got to have a little more bounce to your step. He had nothing there. Yeah, I I wonder. Here's the thing. Despite all the people in the Washington bubble, the Washington, D.C. bubble, all the pundits, all the articles that say, Joe Biden, please step down. I do wonder if it will ultimately be maybe somebody like an Ed Rendell or maybe a Bob Brady, who's this kingmaker who's always kept the low profile. Will it be a Pennsylvania friend that maybe has a private chat with Joe Biden and says, you, you know, maybe you got to think of a different strategy here? Mm-hmm. I have to wonder that. I know. And it's, you know, that's why I said in the big take, if, if you know, obviously if he does run and gets reelected, like I'm, I'm legitimately concerned, like where we're going. Forget like 2028 by the time his next term would be up. I mean, where are we going? A lot can happen in a year. By, by next year at this time, I, like I don't think it's overreactionary or partisan to say we could be in World War Three. Like a year from now with the way things are going over in the Middle East, with the never-ending funding for Ukraine with Russia, you know China and Taiwan, that's a powder keg that can get sparked at any moment. Throw in Iran, throw in North Korea, and look at Joe's track record of weak leadership. Like, a year from now? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's wild to think where we could be as a nation, much less globally. So, But I think, to your point, that's why the Democrats are freaking out, because right now, toe-to-toe, Trump wins. Mm-hmm. If the election were today, Trump wins this. Yep. And so I think that's why never Trumpers and Democrats are all freaking out because they know this. He's with with the economy, with the disaster that's happening in the Middle East, Ukraine, the open border. I mean, everything. It's a disaster. Mm-hmm. And the, it's the policy. And by the way, the environmentalists, we've touched upon this. The environmentalists who thought Biden had their backs are not happy with him. Right. Longtime supporters. Right. So he, he's losing ground on every front. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why you're seeing people do this freak out because they're thinking, rut row. Yep. Yep. 855-839-1210 is how you climb in to be a part of the show. Coming up next, we're going to get into some conversation with Israel and Hamas and a very interesting article in the New York Times with when you go back to 2006, a very small incident. It's It's like microscopic compared to what's going on now. And Israel's response was incredible then, so it's only telling and fitting what's going to happen now as Benjamin Netanyahu and the allies of Israel are hell-bent on squashing Hamas. We'll give you that story on the other side. It's Kale and Company live here on a Monday morning. Nick, Dawn, and Greg, Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. This is the Kale and Company podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and on the free Odyssey app. You know, you still have time to find yourself that new certified or pre-owned vehicle from our friends at the Piazza Auto Group, P-I-A-Z-Z-A Auto Group. I had such a great experience. And truly, with the Philadelphia Piazza Honda Group, with uh, Vince and Tony, Kristen, all the all the folks there, they made it easy. And it was such a great experience. When I think about just this morning, my Michael driving in his new Honda Civic and driving our younger son to high school, 
I feel so good about it. And when have you ever felt good about that experience? You hear Nick talk about his experience at Springfield Honda, or for me at Philadelphia, Piazza Honda. They're just great people. And, and right now they're in my family album forever because that was that first car experience with our teenage son. Did you know Piazza carries more than 1,200 pre-owned vehicles at any given time? I'm not just talking about the, the brands like you hear us talk about our different Honda vehicles, Acura, Mazda, Hyundai, Volkswagen, but pretty much any other brand that you can imagine. You see a car on the road or a vehicle on the road. That's the power of the Piazza Auto Group because they have such selection across Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware. So that was what, you know, we wanted a certain color vehicle. And they said, all right, we got a Piazza. That's the auto group, right? We got one over here. We're going to bring that in. Just visit PiazzaAutoGroup.com, P-I-A-Z-Z-A, PiazzaAutoGroup.com. You want to search Piazza's pre-owned inventory or for that dealer nearest you. Make sure you tell them Dolan sent you. It's Monday morning. Good to have everybody in. Hopefully all of you had a great weekend. Off to a good start here as we begin another work week. Nick, Dawn, and Greg, 855-839-1210 is how you climb in on Twitter and Instagram at 1210WPHT. Don't forget, you can get us live all the time on the free Odyssey app and, of course, watch us on YouTube. So uh, a couple of things here with Israel and Hamas, and then we will get to um, the recap of the Sailor Twift experience. <laughs> I can't wait truly. for this. Oh, my goodness gracious. I'll just say this, a little teaser. If you thought the, uh, the Barbie movie was fascinating to see grown adults dressed up like a Barbie, you haven't seen anything until you've seen <laughs> the Swifties out in person. Wait, so you were, you were dressed up? You were in your blonde wig and your... Taylor Swift, like, look-alike garb? I was not. I, I was in full <laughs> Kale and Company apparel. I was promoting the brand amongst the, an audience that will never listen to the show. But if we can get one, Dawn, if we can convert one, my job is done. We're trans... We're, wait, we're trans-Kale? We're transitioning them from Taylor to Kale. Uh, so why is Israel acting this way? And you might say, well, what do you mean by that? A very interesting piece from Thomas Friedman of the New York Times. And you, you, th- you think about what Hamas did and the scale and the magnitude of what they did. Uh, killing more than 1,300, abducting more than 150 Israeli citizens. We know the impact for America. I think it's 27 or 28 Americans. Um, but if you go back, and this article does a really interesting breakdown of precedent. And if you go back to 2006, Hezbollah had killed three and kidnapped two. They kidnapped two Israeli soldiers and ended up killing three other individuals. Terribly tragic for sure. But on the grand scale compared to what we're seeing now, I mean, this was like pennies on the dollar. And what did Israel do in response? He says in 2006, Israel essentially responded to Hezbollah saying, quote, you think you can just do crazy stuff like kidnap our people and we will treat this as a little border dispute. We may look Western, but the modern Jewish state has survived as a villa in the jungle, which is how the former Israeli prime minister uh, Ehud Barak described it because, quote, if push comes to shove, we are willing to play by the local rules. Have no illusions about that. You will not out crazy us out of this neighborhood, end quote. And this article written by Thomas Friedman goes on to say the Israeli response was so ferocious that Hezbollah's leader, Hassan Nasrallah, said in a now famous interview on August 27th, 2006, with Lebanon's new TV station shortly after the war ended, quote, we did not think even one percent that the capture of two Israeli soldiers and the killing of three would lead to a war at this time and of this magnitude. You ask me, 
If I had known on July 11th that the operation would lead to such a war, would I do it? I say no, absolutely not. So the point being is when Hezbollah messed with Israel 17 years ago, Israel came out guns a blazing, no pun intended, and ended Hezbollah quick, fast, and in a hurry. Now you think about what they did just uh, nine days ago on that surprise sneak attack that killed over 1,300, and we've got 150 that are abducted, and we've seen videos and pictures now of babies, of dogs, on down the list. I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that this is going to end quickly. Is it going to end in 34 days like the last one? Maybe not. I don't know. But I think they are going to decimate Hamas. They, they are no going question. to wipe them out off the face no, of the earth. No question. And it's not going to stop with just Israel. You're going to have American influence there. You're going to have other pro-Israel uh, allies. This is going to be, I think, a absolute beatdown. And it's going to happen uh, largely at the hands of Israel doing what they do best. They don't mess around. Like, for the most part, you could argue in the last 15, 17 years, things were relatively peaceful. I was reading a little bit further in this article. You know, you have people that go from, you know, the pro-Palestinian sections of land, and they're commuting into Israel for work, and nobody's bothering anybody. And, you know, by and large, you know, things were relatively stable. And then Hamas just, you know, threw a, threw a whole stink bomb into the whole mess. And now, now all of a sudden, you know, we're going to have a disaster everywhere. But I think Israel's just going to crush them, by the way. Just abs- and also, let's also say this, because we talked about this on Friday. Very nice that, at least to my knowledge, nothing happened in this country on the global day of jihad that they were saying was going to happen on Friday the 13th. I think I even said on the air Friday, I just hope we come back on Monday and we're not talking about any casualties in this country. Well, a, a, a person in Illinois stabbed and killed a seven-year-old yeah. yeah. oh, kid. So did that kid die? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I saw he was stabbed. I think twenty-six times. Yeah. But I mean, are they are they calling that part of what they yes. were planning for on Friday? No, but it was a it was a hate crime. Yeah. I mean, it, it and so they've arrested. You know, the the perpetrator you know has been arrested, but it it was a tar- the officials, the police there mm-hmm. are all saying. That that was a hate hate crime that was started by the rhetoric because of what's going on, okay. and that this you know sick individual yeah. would would do this um, attack on a kid and a mom Awful. because of their faith and their Muslim you know faith mm-hmm. sick yeah but but it and that's why you know when we talk about the rhetoric I mean I think there are mentally ill people out there there are haters out there. And so maybe they're easily triggered, mm-hmm. but uh, that that one was tragic. But yeah, that that was not part of a planned like terrorist attack, right? right. But it definitely they say it was triggered. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Road Warrior on Twitter uh, tweets us and he says, "We will not be at war with Iran with this administration." When Biden is talking about uniting me he's talking about continuing Obama policy of partnership with Iran. You don't free money to a potential adversary. Um, I agree with that to an extent. I just feel like <clears throat> there are Lindsey Graham. We're gonna play it uh, coming up at the country at seven forty-five. He's itching. He's he's itching for war. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a large faction, I believe, in both the Republicans and Democratic Party uh, that want war. And if you have, we said this on Friday, if you have a president with low poll numbers. And he feels the election and a year slipping away from him. Mm-hmm. What a better way to unite the country and unite around the commander in chief mm-hmm. than yep. war. Yep. So 
you know, I, well, I do agree with the sentiments of that. I I never put anything past uh, scumbag politicians. Yes, absolutely correct. Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. And speaking of scumbag politicians, uh, the progressives need to be called out for this. So progressives are now calling for the United States to take in some of the expected one million refugees from Gaza. I, you know what? I don't uh, know what it is uh, with with this nation, God. and it's bad enough that we have open borders and we have people flooding in by the hundreds of thousands. But so we're going to take in another million people in, in a nation that is already said uh, basically from. Uh, the southern border with the buses and the sanctuary cities, we're full. We have no more room for you. But I want to throw out the, these these stats because this is important. Because if you look at the way the United States handles this situation, they are supporting Israel, but then they will also, according to the left wing of the of the Democrat Party, the progressives, the Squad Dems, all these people, you know, they want to they want to bring in these these refugees. Eighty nine percent of Palestinians. And this actually is a little credit to Stalker for saying that most people actually support this over there. 89% of Palestinians support terrorists firing rockets at Israeli citizens, according to a PCPO poll. That's nine out of every 10 support what is going on. Palestinians elected Hamas. They celebrated 9-11. And here's a stat for you. Did you know that there are 49 countries where they where the majority religion is muslim 49 nations so why why should america yep. take in these people when there's so many nations around the globe Let Egypt that support this yes yeah. like yeah. we're the only nation that's got vacancies so to speak i mean let, give me a break with this let saudi arabia do it i hear it's lovely this time of year <laughs> yeah i 100 percent agree with you like what are we doing we're just inviting more I mean, you see this happening on college campuses everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's it's not just uh, it's not just a well one or two people. Like there are swarms and swarms of people on college campuses yep. protesting. Yep, and it's like they're out in the open. Mm-hmm. We hear them on cable news. We hear them. You know what I mean? This is not. We don't need more of this. I agree. It's wild that in colleges these days, you can't open your mouth as a Republican or a conservative. You can't debate and you don't have free speech. But I'll be damned when it comes to being pro-Palestinian or Hamas. You can say whatever you want and get full reign. University of Wisconsin, Harvard, on down the list, all of these uh, left-wing schools that actually allow this to happen. I, I, I feel really bad for anybody that is Jewish that goes to these colleges, walking campus, and then all of a sudden you look over and you're like... Is my am I am I in danger here? Yep, that seems a little hostile over there. You saw at UCLA th- th- these groups of yep. kids and people just chanting intifada, intifada. Like it's just it's it's insanity. It really it's is insanity. Yep. Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. But um, if you think that's insane, where do you find out what I experienced on Friday oh, no. night? I yes. can't. This I can't wait to hear about yeah, it. I I really thought democracy was at risk. I really did. What I was I was I was in my I was not in a safe space. On <laughs> I was worried I was going to get on social media and cry about it, but I uh, I held off. You're the, a great dad. You I'm know, you trying. took your little girls. You come on. You had fun. It was fun. It was fun. It was, yeah, it was until there's no chance you had fun until I fell asleep. <laughs> the details on the other side. Kale and Company Hour Two. Dawn will have some news as well as we continue. Start your day with Kale and Company weekday morning six till ten on Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT and the Free Odyssey app.